hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we are going to talk about having a daily writing practice. Is it brilliant or insane? <laughs> I know what you're going to say. It sounds insane. It does. It does sound insane. What do you think? Uh, it's actually a counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive because I find that it is way easier than weekly or certainly monthly writing. And I know that blows everybody's minds, but uh, it uh, it has been true for me for a very long time. I, I think you need to talk about this, Jonathan, because mm-hmm. I, I find it, I'm not going to say it's insane, but I find it, I find writing weekly to be kind of a nice routine. I know I've got time to get it done. I've got a whole week, but every day. Right. Yeah. So backing up a little bit, um, I think most people would agree that Putting your ideas into the world is a critical aspect of building a thriving business, like the the kind of businesses that we do um, to create authority or perception of expertise around your area of interest. Whatever it is, you need to be putting those ideas into the world in some way that people can be made aware of them and sort of get traction with them and perhaps refine them. So a lot of people blog. Or maybe they podcast once a week, but it, but often I think uh, I think writing is the way that people think. First, they think, "Oh, I need to, I should be blogging mm-hmm. more," right? Like everybody's, "Oh, I should be blogging more." And it's been my ex- experience and the experience and uh, the experience of pretty much all of my students. Everybody starts blogging at some point, and everybody falls off the wagon, <laughs> even if it's monthly, which seems mind-boggling, but. Uh, you know, for a while I, I tried to do monthly and it was very scattershot and, and I was unfocused. It was this sort of flea market of topics, whatever was, had my interest that particular month or, you know, I'd put stuff out whenever I felt like it. And half of the post started with, geez, I can't believe I haven't blogged in six months, you know, <laughs> so- sorry, like anybody's reading it, you know. <laughs> And so then for a short period, and maybe it was around 2009, I was like, all right, I'm committing to every Monday, I'm going to put up a new blog post on a very specific subject, which happened to be ditching hourly billing, which ended up being, you know, which is my current obsession. And it was torture. It was like, I know you, you blog weekly and you don't, you, you love it. That's cool. We can yeah. talk about that. But it, for me, it was torture. It was like every Sunday night, I'd be like, oh, I forgot. Oh, it's like 11. I'm like... <laughs> getting ready to go to bed and then I'm like thinking about Monday and oh man I forgot to write a blog post and I wouldn't even have an idea I'd be like what am I gonna write about this is just torture last minute writer's block overtired and you but just but I I am reasonably self-disciplined when it comes to making myself do stuff I said I was gonna do so I would just just white knuckle it and crank it out so fast forward to, I guess it was two years ago now, uh, a friend of mine, Philip Morgan, he writes for his list every day and we're in a mastermind together and everybody in, in the room was like, dude, you're nuts. Like when he, he brought up the idea and everybody reacted the same way. They thought it was insane uh, because everybody had had that white knuckle experience of the night mm-hmm. before. I can't even keep up with the weekly. How am I going to do daily? And he you know, he did it, reported back. Uh, it was fine. He said it was, it was actually, he found it to be easier. Um, 
more ideas, easier to get into a daily habit than a weekly habit, so on and so forth. And around the same time, I was also subscribed to a couple of other daily, e- uh, yeah, daily emails. So like, like Seth Godin and uh, Bob Lefsetz and yeah, some, you know, a few others that I've signed up for more recently. And eventually between, between the style, you know, being sort of reassured by Seth Godin's very short, um, very focused mm-hmm. style of writing and Philip's experience, you know, someone I know really well, just who I trust, just telling me, dude, just try it. You're, you're going to love it. Uh, I finally did it, uh, right around, I started right around the time that I released hourly billing is nuts. So it initially started off, it initially started off in kind of a selfish way. Like the, the, I was like, man, I've been emailing, you know, roughly weekly or sporadically to people. And it became really, really hard to announce the book because I was like, well, I want to switch over to this like daily campaign to announce the book, but no one's expecting that because they're used to getting emails from me once a week. And I want to get this out. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to send a sequence of five emails across an entire month and then delay the launch for a month. So in all of those things in combination got me over my terror, which is not, not an exaggeration. <laughs> the idea of committing to a daily writing practice was terrifying because I was so sure I was going to let myself down. Mm-hmm. But I said, all right, I'm going to do it. So I started um, a daily sequence to kind of build up excitement about the launch of the book. And, and I just kept going after that. And it was absolutely the best thing I ever did for my business. It is it, it, and the benefit and the benefits are things that I didn't even expect. So like, like there's like an emotional jolt, a positive emotional jolt that I get every time I press send on one of those things. And it is like, I created something today. This day was not wasted. I did not Mm. procrastinate on everything. I actually shipped some original thought into the world. And it's like, no matter what happens in the day, other than, you know, no matter what else happens that day, I did something to help other people. It's like a super powerful sense of satisfaction. Mm. Completely unexpected. I, I did not expect it at all. Um, another big thing is when you're writing every day, you get past the surface level of, of whatever your area of interest is really fast. Because you're <laughs> burning through ideas. So right. you, you immediately, that sort of very surface level... Uh, almost patina burns off immediately and you're like, what am I going to write about now? I did all the obvious stuff. So you have no choice but to go deep. And that's where all of the really original thoughts and like your unique point of view and, and most importantly to me, powerful insights. That's where they all come out of is you get past the obvious stuff. Then you just have to really go deep and inside yourself, inside your students and, and observing things in the world to come up with you know, metaphors that nobody, that, that literally nobody's ever come up with before to describe a, a, perhaps a familiar concept or a concept that's not new, but in a way that is completely unique and much more powerful to your particular audience. Well, that's, that's about developing language. You know, I mean, yes. we've talked about that a little bit as you find when, when you're clear on your point of view, you can start to develop a language that's almost shorthand mm-hmm. for the people that are, that are in your group. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a glossary. So when, when people uh, join my list now, um, it, there's like an onboarding sequence to kind of acclimate Mm -hmm. them to exactly what you said, these sort of shorthand terms, like the why conversation and product ladder and, you know, a a bunch of things that, that 
you know, the community basically on the list is familiar with. And if you just jumped in cold to a, a live daily broadcast, it, it might not make sense because you're in, it's more of a stream than it is individual standalone pieces. Yeah. Which segues into a, another thing that was a surprise to me, which is that it does feel like a community because the, the communication is so frequent and of course, bi-directional because a lot of people will hit reply mm-hmm. and ask questions, chime in with uh, examples of, of what I'm talking about. Yeah, you're right. This happened to me and never occurred to me that this was what was going on behind the scenes, but yeah, you're right. Or, they'll challenge me and say like, you're crazy. You know, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> and sometimes they're right. Uh, sometimes they're, com- or, and sometimes they're coming at it from uh, a point of view that I hadn't considered. So maybe somebody's in a different stage of their business or they're not really a software developer. They're maybe a photographer and there's like a different climate there. Or sometimes I'll use language in a way that people just doesn't click with people. Like they don't understand, might literally mm-hmm. not understand a term or, uh, something, something that's so obvious to me that just not obvious to everyone else, you know, a term that has not yet become shorthand for people, Mm -hmm. you know, so, I mean, I could go on and on. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. And it's, it's like, um, a couple of the, a couple of the, so those are a couple of things that were not obvious, but all of the obvious things apply too. like you, you, quickly build trust with a big community of people it grows itself basically because Mm -hmm. people feel like they have a relationship with you they talk about you because you're on their mind every day and they talk about it to friends they forward emails to friends they send in here's here's the thing that was really interesting for people who are uh, afraid that if they were going to start writing daily that they wouldn't have enough ideas when I hit around 500 people on the list, which is a pretty small number for a mailing list, but right around 500 people, they started asking me so many questions that I've got hundreds uh. of ideas for, for articles that are, you know, messages like piled up. I keep them all in the same place. And if I ever get to, you know, I have a day where I'm like, yeah, you know what? Nothing occurred to me spontaneously, organically throughout the day to write about. So I just go to this. I mean, it's, 250 like germs of I of an idea <laughs> that are just a spark to be like, Oh yeah, yeah. Remember when that person asked about thing, I could just answer that. So exactly. it, fe- it feeds itself. It starts to feed itself very quickly. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated by this idea of community because I'm thinking about the episode we had with Madeline Sklar, where she talked about, you know, building community and social, mm-hmm. which is this external community where they, they can communicate without her. Right. Yep. They, they can use her, but they can go around her and over her. And that's all good. What you're creating here is a different kind of community because it's it's a two way, but it's not necessarily multi way unless you facilitate the conversation. So it's this sort of private cone is sort of how I'm thinking of it. So when you, when you arrive in somebody's inbox, they've given you permission to arrive every day. That person has got to feel a, some kind of an intimate connection with you, mm-hmm. right? Like they know you. Yes. Oh, yeah. It, like you're that voice in their head maybe sometimes. Right. Yeah. If my if one of my messages ends up in spam, they'll email me and be like, I didn't get a message today. <laughs> like I sent it. Check your spam folder. So, yeah, it's it's you're right. It's not 
what you would normal you would traditionally think of as a as a community, which is kind of a you know any two nodes could connect in a normal community. You know, like a, mm-hmm. a cocktail party, anybody can walk up to anybody else. This is a little bit more of a controlled environment, which is perfect for the kind of content that I'm talking about because it's it's uh, you know it's business oriented at its core, right. you know, and it's about right. helping people price their work, so like helping independent professionals price their work. And so we talk about money a lot and people aren't just going to be chiming in mm-hmm. randomly to a giant room full of people about how they're not doing that well financially or how they had a huge win and here are the numbers, but they'll email that to me. Right, right. And it's that feeling of vulnerability is, is hard in a group. Yes. And, but they trust me. They don't trust the group necessarily because they don't really know who's in the group, but they'll email it back to me. And sometimes, and I'm actually very careful about preserving that anonymity or not. It's more privacy than anonymity, but I'm very careful about preserving it because I do get a lot of questions from people. And I like to, uh, usually what I'll do is somebody will send me a question and I'll have some personal details or business, private business details in there. Uh, or potentially private and I'll say hey I would love to I'll answer it and then I'll say hey I would love to share this with the list but I want to check with you first it's fine if you say no uh, but it would be I think a lot of people would benefit from this or they would be inspired by your success or uh, it would be thought-provoking or whatever and almost always they say yes and rarely but sometimes they'll say yeah but take my name off it Mm -hmm. and when I do ultimately share them I'll say, hey, success story from reader, you know, name, and 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 then in parentheses, I'll say shared with permission every single time, every single time. Yeah. I'll say shared with permission, so people know that if they email something like this to me, that they're safe. Like I'm not going to turn around and share it without asking them for permission. It's weird because I can broadcast to people, and then they can privately respond, and then I can request permission to share the ones that that I think would benefit multiple people. You know, it's everybody who's everybody who sends in a question. It's an interesting question, almost without exception. And I, I might sometimes be like, "Yeah, but this probably isn't going to benefit the whole group, so I'll just answer this one person." But if it is something mm-hmm. that is more broadly applicable, I will always ask for permission to share it. Well, I think that's important. And and what, you know, I mean, I'm in your community, right? I get those emails and I have noticed that. But I think the other thing is that it allows people to feel like they're connected, but in a safe way. Right. You know, it's not like being in, in a Facebook group where somebody says, oh, my God, I can't believe you posted that picture. You look terrible. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is, you know, it's a little bit more focused. But what's so fascinating is that you're writing essentially about how to bill and get paid for your services. That it arguably is a pretty narrow subject, but you're able to write about it every single day and have a file with 250 more ideas. Oh yeah, I'll, I won't live long enough to get through all of the topics. I mean, it's, yeah. it's because they come in faster than I can write them. I could, I could <laughs> send two a day, it's crazy. So it, it, it's so funny because I, I recognize that it's completely counterintuitive because I felt the terror of making the commitment. It was like, how? I remember having a conversation yeah. at a conference with um, a, a, a guy who was a well known blogger who wrote twice a week. And I was like, how do you do that? He was <laughs> like, I just do it. And I was like, that. And I'm just like shaking my head like it's an impossibility. And now I do daily, seven days a week. Like it's not even just weekdays. 
Yeah, it's I I can feel the terror. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I totally feel the terror. Yeah, it, I, I got through it very quickly, and and it's I mean it's scientifically proven that it's easier to create daily habits than it is to create weekly or monthly habits. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a thing I do every day. You know, it's like I I wake up, I brush my teeth, I put on my pants, and I write. It's just part of my job. It's like a, a, a lot of people ask me like, well, what if you don't feel like doing it? I'm like, I do it anyway. You know, like well, a plumber you're a professional. doesn't, yeah, a plumber <laughs> doesn't wake up and be like, you know what? I don't feel like laying pipe today. I'm not feeling inspired. I'm just going to, I'm just going to like play video games. <laughs> you know, they, you do your job. Like I see it as yeah. a part of my, it's a critically important piece of my job. It's uh, emotional well-being, imposter syndrome, marketing, audience building. It's just, it's First of all, it's it's great for your business. It's great for actually getting better at your your subject. You know what I mean? Like you're you're yeah. you're actually it actually makes you better. And you have to figure it out. Right. And and when people you know, when you put the ideas into the world, so it's like one thing to to be in a um to feel a sense of mastery over a topic. Like I know how to apply all of these theories to my business. It's easy. It's like gut instinct for me. I would just do it. I didn't have to convince myself. I'm like, it just became obvious after I recognized that hourly billing was nuts. I was like, well, okay, what am I going to do instead? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I'm going to, you know, value pricing or fixed bids, uh, sorry, uh, value pricing or, or, or productized services with fixed prices. Okay. That's, that's how you do it. Okay, great. And then everything sort of became obvious to me. It kind of fell into place. Like, how to sell those services, how to manage scope creep on larger projects that are fixed price, how to, how to determine a value in the first place on which to base your price. All of these things just made sense to me. It just fell into place. So that's one thing. But to be able to teach those things to people who are in a different place, uh, financially, emotionally, different kind of business, mm-hmm. uh, that are in different parts of the world, in different, under different cultural constraints, that is the expertise that I need now in order to uh, to really be an authority for other people. So for me to have to for me to have this daily this daily thing this daily I, I call it a community, but you're right, it's slightly different. To have this conversation going at all times allows me to find new ways to express the same things that just make perfect sense to me, sort of intuitively, in ways that are going to inspire other people to take action. And And that's, that's it. Yeah. That's it right there. Because teaching a thing is different than doing a thing. Mm -hmm. Right. So you've got to be able to develop the language. You've got to translate how you would do it. So someone else who isn't wired the same can do it. Correct. And that's way harder than it sounds. It's brutal. Yeah. And the only way, and the only way to, to, to figure it out is to talk to people. Like you, I can't just sit there and be really like, Oh, if I was just smarter, you know, if I just think about this really hard, I'll know how to magically get random people to see the world the way I see the world or to, to at least see pricing the way I see pricing. It just doesn't work like that. You can't think, thinking about it harder is not going to help me learn how to convince, you know, Rochelle had to do this thing or like specific individuals. So once, you know, in, uh, in the, on the list and, and of course my coaching, working with people to find the, find the way to present the material 
in a way that's going to make it click for them is like, that is like, that's like a drug for me. Like that is my high when that's when somebody is like, <laughs> when it clicks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's one of the things I find so interesting about, you know, everybody's doing online courses now, mm -hmm. but not everybody knows how to teach. They, even if they're just a brilliant expert at what they do, right. teaching it is different. And you've got to be able to reach down and figure that out. And I think a daily writing practice is a great way to get at that, right? And and you've got to talk to people, you have to listen to people, you have to process what they're saying and, and you know, try different ways of having it come out, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and that, in fact, that is another reason why the why it's easy to have enough content because you have to tell you have to essentially you're saying the same thing over and over again different ways mm -hmm. yeah so i have my central core theme is around ditching hourly billing so not not trading your time for money the core theme is to price your work don't bill for your work so price it in advance it changes the dynamics of the entire relationship with your clients mm -hmm. it changes everything yeah yep. And almost everything for the better. There's some, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. There's some downsides to it, but that's my central premise. So that's what, that's the value proposition of list. That's what you're going to learn. You're going to learn how to start pricing your work instead of billing for it, which allows you, once you've disconnected your time from your money, it allows you to work less and make more money. Basically, you know, it's not like a, it's not a silver bullet, but that's what it unlocks for you. But I, what I love about it is the mindset change, because for someone who's used to being a freelancer and billing by the hour, you can start to feel like a supplicant, mm -hmm. right? It's like every month or every two weeks, whatever, you're presenting this bill and you're waiting for the client to go, on Tuesday, you spent an hour and a half over here that's inappropriate. And the next thing you know, I mean, you're just in a bad place. That is not where you want to be as an independent. Correct. Mm -hmm. Order taker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, or the flip side is you don't think of yourself as an order taker, you're doing the work, but then your client is, you know, essentially looking over your shoulder going, well, why did that take you an hour and a half? Mm. Why did that take you two hours? Last time that only took you one hour and it took you two hours this time. And there are clients who will do that, right? Mm. I mean, it depends on who your, you know, your client base is, but there is always one that's going to sit there and go through those numbers and you, and you find yourself spending time defending what you've billed mm -hmm. or worse, you second guess yourself and start to not write down the hours that you spent because you know, they're going to give you crap about it later. Yeah. I mean, don't get me started. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but, but being able, but your point is that shifting that mindset from that sort of, from, from everybody in that equation, focusing on the wrong thing, which is how long it is taking you to engage in activities on the buyer's behalf which no one actually cares about. What everyone cares about is a desired outcome from those activities. If you price right. that instead, and yes, it's trickier to price that instead than it is to say I'm $200 an hour. It's very easy to say I'm $200 an hour. Uh, but if you, if you can get past that and if you can shift your mindset to a place where the idea of having an hourly, hourly rate doesn't even make sense to you. Like in, in, it, I just said to hire someone for a client. And, you know, I was helping them with the job, job posting and all that. And it was hilarious because it was the first time I've had to hire somebody in a long time. You know, it wasn't for myself. It was for, you know, and of course, everyone's talking mm -hmm. about hours, 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 hours. And I'm like, right. I'm like, look, we don't really care how many hours you put in. And the guy was like, um, you know, 
it, really nice guy, open to the idea. I'm like, because you could put in two hours or you could put in 20 hours. But if you don't move these two needles over here, we're not going to be happy. So, yeah. you know, I don't really care how many hours you work. Probably it'll be 10 or 15 hours a week. Probably just from experience, I'm thinking it'll take that much time for any individual to move these needles that we want moved. Mm -hmm. But I, I really, honestly, if it takes you two hours, I'm still happy to give you the a check at the end of the week for the same amount of money because you've moved the needles. Mm -hmm. And it was really easy for me to, you know, it was easy for me to know what those needles were, why, why the CEO of this company wanted me to go find someone in the first place. So I know, I know what the reason is, but the conversation in the community circles around hourly rate, how many hours is it going to be? Can I fit this in my calendar? Uh, you know, here, here are my timesheets. Here's proof that I worked. Here's proof <laughs> that I was sitting there typing on your behalf instead of playing video games. So you now owe me this money. But I think everybody knows if you've ever, you know, hired a contractor to work on your house and been disappointed in the outcome, you don't really care about the hours. You want the cabinets to look beautiful. And anyway, I, I'm going to. I want it, and I want it done on time. Yeah, there is a there is a calendar concept, but not an hours concept. So right. you know, you might have some right. sort of deadline where this needle must be moved by a deadline. That's not uncommon, but people don't really, you know. It, rush service should be, anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to get on an hourly soapbox. So, um, the point is that sh changing that mindset, if you're used to, you know, this is just an example of me trying to, you know, I'm interviewing these people and of course they're giving me hourly rates and I'm like, I really don't care what your rate is. I I've got this much money and I want you to make these outcomes reality for me. Is that, can you do it? And, and it's just like, I mean, it was, it was funny. I, I kind of met them in the middle, but it's a mind shift that takes a long time to, uh, to, it's weird because for a long time people don't get it. And then I'll say something or something will happen to them. And then boom, it's um. like a switch. And all of a sudden they're like, they, it's almost like a, it, it's like a, it almost makes you sick to your stomach when you realize how insane it has been and how much it's going to solve when you shift. But being able to come up with different ways to express that to people in a way that's going to make it click is a, a potentially lifelong job because they keep making new people, right? <laughs> well, and, and what you described where you were essentially acting as the client is the rarity because you, I shouldn't say it's the rarity. It's, it's not as common because you knew where the needles are and where you want them moved. And not everybody can say that. So sometimes what you have to do as an independent is you've got to work with your client to help them define the needles, right? It's usually pretty easy, but people are, People are not used to talking about it. They always, everybody makes this, they quickly make a tacit leap from here's what I want accomplished. I need a new WordPress site. Okay. They make this giant leap from there to, and it will probably take a hundred hours, which is completely bonkers because first of all, they're not qualified to have any idea how long it should, should take. What they're really saying is, I think it'll be about a hundred dollars an hour. And I think I want to spend about $10,000 on it. So it should cost, it should take about a hundred hours. Go find me someone, a WordPress developer who's a hundred dollars an hour. And they already had, they already, they started with the right idea, but because of the way that everybody thinks about these kinds of services, they immediately and, and sometimes subconsciously translate that into a desired hourly rate. 
the reason I'm just I'm empty silence is I'm, I'm just thinking about myself as a client, and I don't know if I'm typical or atypical, but when I think of WordPress, I never think of hours. I just think about this is what I want. What's it going to cost me to get it? Yes. I don't care. I don't care about hours. Right. You know, as the client, it's like, I, I want this. I want it to have these bells and these whistles. How long will it take you? And what what's it going to cost me? Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't care about hours. Don't care about our hourly rate. I mean, I might I might care about it if I was looking at like ongoing maintenance programs and somebody, uh, you know, announced their billing that way. Mm-hmm. Then I then I w- would look at it. But mostly, you know, as as a as a client, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I, I I think about something like um, you know PR services is a good example where typically PR people will quote a retainer and it's usually a monthly retainer and there's usual usually a minimum when you first start working with someone three months six months mm-hmm. and um, and then you have the client who says okay what I want is I want for my revenue to grow mm-hmm. and the challenge is can you connect PR to revenue. Typically, you can't directly. Right. Mm-hmm. You can say, well, we're going to have this many media mentions and we're going to get you on the cover of XYZ. And so so you start to build you know, the road to what the client is looking at. But the minute you start getting to hours, you've lost the conversation. You've lost control of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Completely. It's, a, it's just you don't want the client telling you how to spend your time. Right. And so part of, to, to pull it back to daily writing... Part of the the benefit of like I know I I, I would love to turn this into an hourly billing episode, but part part of <laughs> I think the benefit we just did. yeah the benefit of me writing every day is I know exactly I, I know I know exactly how to answer that thing that you just brought up mm-hmm. like it's not I'm not sitting here like oh wow that's an interesting situation I don't do PR I've never thought about this right I know exactly what to say. Because I write about this every day and people ask me questions like that every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no problem. Here are three ways to think about it. So so here's maybe another way to think about this. You know, daily writing practice, you know, should you do it or shouldn't you? It, it, here's what I'm thinking. If you are a budding authority. In other words, you're really interested in something, you've read everything about it, you're starting to practice at it, but you know, you're still working it through. I think the daily daily writing practice is brilliant. It gives you a way, it forces you to think about things far below the surface, to dig deep. And if you're sharing that writing, which is different than just writing every day, but you're sharing it in some way and you're starting to build a small group, you're testing your idea. Yep. Right? And and isn't that a wonderful way to do it before you invest, you know, hundreds of hours in writing a book or developing a program, you've got a way to test the idea. Absolutely. Yeah, private journaling does not count. It, there's no risk in that. Yep. There's, there's, and that's that's the problem. And there's and, no feedback. And the reward. Yeah, you've got to have that feedback loop, no matter how painful it can be. Some days, you know, you got to have that, or you're not gonna, you know, your idea gets better when more people share it and play with it and think about it and give you feedback. Right. Better in two ways. First of all, it actually gets more concentrated, gets hardened, and it gets m- more, more right almost. It's almost like the the all of the assumptions are revealed, all of your own assumptions are revealed, and I'm not going to say that that 
rough edges get sanded off because sometimes they get rougher. But mm-hmm. you but, want them that way. Right. But your BS falls away. So you can't because you can't write daily to a bunch of people and not, not about something that you care about and not get like mm, not criticism, but challenged. That's the word I'm looking for. Right. You're going to get right. challenged. They're going to challenge you. Yeah. And sometimes they're going to be onto something. Sometimes there's going to be there's going to be a new nook or cranny or an exception for some particular reason uh, that is real. And you're like, wow, okay, this is an interesting, invalid perspective that has now broadened my expertise on this subject. <laughs> you know, it's like magic. So, and yes, it can be a little, um, it, uh, I don't know. I suppose I have a little bit of a thick skin. I, when somebody, when somebody uh, is angry or fights back, sometimes it gets to me because I'm like, oh man, I want everyone to love my ideas. You know, I want to, I want, I want that click. I want that light bulb to go on. And this is the opposite of what's happening with this particular person. Uh, but I view it always as an opportunity to f- either learn more about the space, learn more about this kind of person. Maybe this kind of person is in a situation that's not a great fit for me, or maybe they're onto something that is, that I'm about to, that is about to be revealed to me. So, it's the, those are, I think, great opportunities. So, you know, this kind of segues into a, a common question, which is, do you answer, you know, do you get a lot of replies? Do you answer them? And yeah, I get, I get tons of replies, uh, quantified tons. Uh, every day I get at least six replies. S- some days if I ask for replies, I'll get a hundred or 200. And in general, I'll answer all of them either, mm-hmm. either, in, you know, there'll be a lot of common questions from different people and I'll answer them kind of in aggregate or, mm-hmm. um, I will respond individually to certain ones. It depends. Uh, but I, I definitely read them all and I, I do my, I, I do a pretty good job replying to all of them. Every once in a while I'll get like buried, you know, two days in a row, I'll mm-hmm. get like 200 emails. So I'll have like 400 emails in my inbox <laughs> and it's like, Oh, I'll get to those. And then I don't, but almost always I get back to people one way or another. And that's the opportunity. Like you wouldn't want to shirk that part. You wouldn't want to be like, you know, at the bottom of your email, say, sorry, can't reply to emails. You know, that would kind of defeat the purpose for me. Well, it feels like to me, this is the connective tissue, right? Because it's, it's, it's a, it's a kind of community that is, it's not an open community. It's a closed community, but it's still, I I do believe it's a community. And so what you want as the originator of that is you want to connect with people and those, those in this case, the daily emails are the connective tissue that that, that binds you. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I think uh, other people can do that on a on a daily basis. I think it has to work with their business model, with what it is that they're trying to sell. But what I like about it for you in particular is because it's got that um, immediacy. There's an intimacy level. There's a sharing. Um, that you do uh, while still, you know, uh, sharing or not sharing, but um, protecting people's privacy. Mm-hmm. So it, it fits with your brand. It's consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. And it wouldn't be the same with, you know, if I was blogging every day, I wouldn't get the feedback because people aren't the kind of emails I get would never be comments on a blog post. So for me, email, this email is genius. It's perfect for me. I know it's not, it's not necessarily the, the venue for everyone, but it has all of the qualities that you just described. And I think that they're unique to email. I, I, I have not come across another platform 
that would allow this. Blogging doesn't do it quite the same. In the, and I find myself, my perfectionist tendencies uh, will crop up when I'm <laughs> blogging. I'll just, I'll just be editing. I'll never stop editing posts. Like the cool thing for me about email is once you press send, those typos are frozen forever. Too bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, move you're done. on, do the next one better. Be, pay more attention to the next one. Stop trying to perfect this one you sent last week. So, yeah. Uh, so I really, I think it's great. I do recognize that different people are in different worlds and their daily practice that generates a community kind you know this this daily up getting in front of the audience practice could take a different form uh, for software developers it could be having a you know building a really popular or, or very desirable open source project that they are active in on a daily basis and they take issue reports and they take pull requests and they you know this is super technical but it could be that that's your daily practice if that's what you do. Um, I have a student who's a, a video production guy and he is committing, you know, he's doing like a daily, starting to do a daily vlog, you know, like daily video. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could yeah. take different forms. I think, I don't know if it's, this is, this I'm not sure about. I don't know if it's just me or if it's generally applicable. There's something about writing that, that is, especially well suited to the kind of audience and expertise building that that I'm the effects that I'm describing but I could imagine it happening in other places I I think it depends on the person I I, I, writing is it for me that's that's how the ideas come out and how I can work with them and play with them and express them but remember there are people who don't really want to read as much anymore Mm -hmm. and they want to watch a video or they want to listen to a podcast. And so if that's how you get your ideas, if you get your ideas by talking out loud about them Mm -hmm. and you hone them, um, then, you know, audio or video could be, could be good. I mean, it, it really, I think it depends and it also depends on your audience, what they want to listen to Mm -hmm. or watch or read. Mm -hmm. And how are they going to take those ideas in in the best way for them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's plenty of examples. You know, like uh, Gary V jumps to mind. You know, the Ask Gary V <laughs> thing, and it, I, I I totally agree. With, I agree with that. I think that that it does depend on your audience. Does depend on your personality. Um, one one thing that I do recommend to people is is for anything that you're going to do. You know, if you're going to do it every day, then you want. It is, I think this is always important, but it's extremely important with a daily practice, let's say daily writing practice, to really, really cut out anything that causes friction. Like just because uh, the smallest little pebble in your shoe is going to drive you nuts if it's there every day. So, what, what do you mean, Jonathan? What? Say uh, more. Yeah. So in, in the writing, for example, I use, I just happen to use drip as my mailing list thing. And it is, I I like drip for many reasons, but one thing that is terrible at is the, is the actual typing of the email. It is a horrible place to type an email. Uh, It doesn't work at all on phones. It doesn't work at all on iPads. You have to use a laptop or a desktop computer. Mm. It, I'm fighting with the formatting even all the time, even though it's Mm -hmm. just text, I don't even put images in. Uh, So it's, it's, uh, you know, it's good at its core thing, which is sending email, but it's not, it's really a bad place to type. <laughs> so I came up with 
I did some research. I, you know, I found, I found an application called, it happens to be called Ulysses that works on all my devices. It's a beautiful typing experience. It supports Markdown, which is how I prefer to format my text. It blah, 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 blah. It's all these things. It syncs automatically between all my devices. So I can be typing on my phone and literally put it down and walk over to my computer in like, like one second later, it's there too. And I can pick up where I left off. So it's a delightful authoring experience. And then I just cut and paste it in a drip and hit send. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one example. So I can literally, there have been times when I've been, uh, you know, putting my little daughter, like, like putting her to bed and she falls asleep on me and I'm sitting in the chair in her room and I'll voice type the day's message into <laughs> Ulysses <laughs> while she's sleeping on me and then copy and paste it into drip and send it from there, like in the dark. <laughs> so I can, you know, my, for me, like, I don't, I don't have a particular time I write every day. I'm just, it's just always on my mind. Hey, I didn't write the email yet today. And I'm like, I can fit it into a 10 minute slot almost anywhere in the day. So that's, that's, that's just, you know, that's the workflow that works for me. It would be different for absolutely everyone. But my point is if you've got this, like, if I'm fighting with trying to God, trying to bold, ah, you're bolding the wrong sentence. You know, like you don't want to have that kind of work. You want to, you want to just have the, the best part of it, which is the, the sort of playing with the ideas, the way, the way mm-hmm. I like the way you put it. It's like, I, I do play with ideas and text more easily than other formats. So, you know, I just made sure that once I have the idea, I tear down any barriers or speed bumps between me and publishing that thing. And make sure that it's as smooth as possible. So it's, it's, it minimizes all of the pain points that might come from something you do every day and maximizes all of the the fun parts, which is, is articulating the idea and then getting the feedback on the idea. So here's the thing. And as you know, I don't do a daily writing practice. I'm more weekly, but here's the thing. I think if somebody's just getting started with this, I think it might make sense to pick a time of the day and hold it sacrosanct, at least in the beginning, so that one, you know, you know that time is sacred. Two, you've got, you're keeping a commitment to yourself because that's part of this. Um, And I think three, at least I find for myself that if I've got a specific time set aside for this, it's like I can develop all these ideas and I can just sort of hold them knowing that I'm going to have the time. To mm-hmm. sit down with it. And when you're running 90 miles an hour, it's, I, I, at least for me, I find it helpful to have that time set aside. And maybe that makes a daily practice easier in that first, you know, three or four weeks or three months until it becomes a true habit. Sure. Yeah. And that, and that actually, I am one of the only people, it's me and Bob Lefsetz. We're the only two that I'm aware of that sporadically send out email daily. Um, what the, the common advice is to, and, and usually it's early in the morning before your day starts, almost everybody, if you look, if you, if you ask advice of somebody who does this, almost everybody's going to say, I get up, I get my coffee, I do my email, I schedule it to go out at nine Eastern or whatever, and then mm-hmm. I can get on with the rest of my day. So mm-hmm. that's, that would, that would not work for me, period. Like my life is not set up like that. So I, I think it's, but I, I, but I think I'm, by far the exception to the rule. So I think most people would benefit from, you know, I'm I'm just not a routine guy, but I know Mm -hmm. like my personal trainer, like he's in bed at eight, no exceptions because he gets up at four to start working out. So, and I know a lot of people are like that. So I think that that, I think that's probably really good advice. One thing that I will say is that 
I don't think it's just me either, but I think when you're writing daily, you're always just outside the zone. So like when you're writing weekly, and this was true for me, I'd be out of the zone and then I need to get into the zone. And that meant I need my notebook and I need my tea and I need my thing and I got to be in this spot and the light needs to be just right. And I got to get into the zone and a phone can't be ringing and I can't have interruptions. With, with doing it daily, I'm always just outside the zone. And what happens to me, and again, I think this is probably pretty rare, but I'll be going through my day and boom, great idea. Like great idea for the, for the, for either today's or if I have already sent today's for tomorrow's message. And I, the absolute next five to 10 minutes that I have, I am just like, my hands are on fire typing it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, (laughs) and and it's either sent immediately or it's, you know, if I, I like to give people at least a 24 hour <laughs> buffer between messages. So I'll, I'll sometimes that's the rare exception when I'll schedule a message for the future. I usually type them up live and send them live. Um, but if I've just sent one or or I have an idea for three emails, because I, I try really hard to make each email about one exactly one and only one thing. There's mm-hmm. one takeaway for each email, which allows me to keep them really short. Right. So if I have an idea that kind of has three parts, I might, you know, type up three emails right in a row, or I might type up one big one and break it into three and schedule the other ones. But generally it's, it's like inspiration strikes. I'm in the zone. Boom. Sent. Done. Next thing. You know, it's funny because, you know, as I said, I'm, I get your emails and it's not that I thought they all come at the same time, but remember I'm three hours behind you, but they always come at the end of the day. Almost always. And so sometimes it'll be midnight, end of the day. Um, and other times it might be, you know, five o'clock. But for me, if you send them in the middle of the day, I don't even notice them. I see them at the end of the day. And it's interesting for me because I often advise clients to send things at the same time all the time because it builds trust. That consistency is important, you know, for two reasons with, with a lot of my clients. One is that they have to... Um, be true to themselves and keep themselves on the schedule. So it's good for them because it builds that consistency and they're, they're, um, you know, they're serving their own business by mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second is that if you've got, a, a, depending on your audience, they may appreciate knowing when that email is going to come. They know it's going to come at 10 a.m. their time on Tuesday morning like clockwork. And that helps them to build trust in you that you're reliable. So there's there's that piece. I'm I don't think you need to worry about that. But yeah. for somebody who's just getting started, who doesn't have a name yet, doesn't have a book yet, the more consistency they can build with their internal processes and external really will help them to build that audience faster. Here's my take on that, because I, I that is the conventional wisdom. My take on that is that consistency is important, but it might not be a 9 a.m. every day kind of consistency. So we've talked in the past about being true to your brand, let's say, mm-hmm. and maybe you're, you know, like, uh, I don't want to use myself as an example. So I'll use Bob Lefsetz, who's an amazing writer, sends an email. I love his stuff. Amazing. Yeah. And he writes, you, like when one of his letters comes into my inbox, you never know when it's going to be. It's always like, I'm like, oh, a little jewel just landed in my inbox. Like I, and I don't even click on it. I wait. If it's the middle of the day, it's usually late. Sometimes he'll send two. He's super random. But when it shows up, I'm, it's like I got a Christmas present. And I just wait to read it to like when the kids are in bed and I can actually pay attention to it. 
and they're not all great, but I feel that way every time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm not going to lump myself into that category, but for me, that is a kind of consistency. It's consistent with him. It's brand consistency. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. And yes. I, I agree with that. I, although I hate being called conventional. Hate that. <laughs> Did I call you conventional? <laughs> Oh, I said conventional wisdom. Um, But it it does depend on the person. And I think, um, who else does this? Oh, uh, Dan Pink with his missives. They're completely random. And they're not frequent. They're infrequently random. But I still like it. And I feel the same way you do, that it's that little jewel. So it just has to be consistent with the brand. Mm. And there are certain people, you know, certain quote-unquote brands, personal brands, where that consistency is critical. Mm-hmm. And it's, and sometimes it's it's more, I think of it more as coaching, is that you've got to get somebody to get in the habit. And one way to do it, make it a habit, is to you know build something around it so that it becomes a habit. But yeah, I'm, just, I'm not saying everybody should do it that way. Mm-hmm. I totally agree that the, one of the, the beauty of consistency, like this podcast, we have, we have a standing appointment every Tuesday at noon, my time. And, and the... And that consistency is important for the, I think, less important for the listener than it is for us. You know what I mean? Listener doesn't care. No. Most <laughs> most people, when they come up across a pot, most people who listen to this haven't didn't start week one and are listening, like waiting every Monday for that to come out and listen to it. Some people are, but not everyone. Most people are going to discover it later. And they're going to binge listen to as many episodes as they can fit into their dog walk or whatever. And when more episodes come out, great, I'll binge listen to more. But it's Mm -hmm. not like they schedule their Monday around the business of authority coming out. (laughs) They don't. I I know. (laughs) It's depressing. But but for us, you know, what that gives us, at least, or I should say for me. So what that gives me for me is I know that I need to have an idea or two or three so that Jonathan and I can talk about them and decide what we feel like talking about that day. Mm-hmm. I make sure that I've got that time blocked off so nothing else is going to get in the way. And I actually look forward to it. Mm-hmm. It's like it's that in, it's 9 a.m. on Tuesday for me. So it's it's you know mostly my first big thing of the day. And so it gets my day started off in a positive way, an idea, an exchange of ideas, doing something for listeners. It feels great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm great on ran- randomly. Well, I'll take I'll take great whenever I can get it. But I love great <laughs> on a schedule. I know mm-hmm. Tuesdays are going to be a great day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tuesdays my podcast day. I look forward to it also. So I'm not I'm not anti schedule at all. I I don't have a ton of things scheduled, but for certain things, it's pretty important in order to con- continue my own creative momentum. It's. I, you know, people will say, especially with podcasts, it, I am literally the only person I have ever heard say, it doesn't matter when you release them. It really, I, I honestly don't think it matters that much, but it does matter to record them regularly or you'll just blow it off, especially mm-hmm. if it's a weekly thing, because with, with weekly stuff, it is hard because there's not, it's not a habit. It's much harder to build a weekly habit. So scheduling it, in fact, scheduling it with someone else, because if you go check out my ditching hourly solo podcast, it's a lot more sporadic and that's a bummer <laughs> because it's a, it was a weekly ish habit that I kind of do when I can't, you know, it's like that exact yeah. kind of like bad blogger behavior. 
daily is easy because you just every single day you're like i gotta i again i gotta do it again and it keeps you in the zone for me it's a lot less important to have like a night you know first thing in the morning 7 a.m i do the email less important for me there but with a weekly it's it's the only way it would get done if i didn't have it scheduled for a weekly thing you know what's funny, Jonathan, is we've had, uh, I think, three guests so far. And with each guest, we said, listen, we normally record this at you know, 9 Pacific, um, noon Eastern. Um, if you could make it, that would be great. And you know, we'll give them a few dates out in the future. Or we can schedule something. Everybody's taken the Tuesday time. Mm, thank goodness. Every single one. <laughs> I know. It's worked out beautifully for us. But mm. it's, I think people, you know, it, it helps with scheduling guests as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's, here's, here's the thing that I'd like to leave listeners with about the scheduling thing is that is do what you think is going to work for you. You probably know, dear listener, if you are, if you on it for a daily thing to, I'm calling out two things. One daily is different than weekly. And if you, if you know that you thrive in that sort of scheduled environment and your calendar is like, you like to have it, everything blocked out all week and two weeks in advance or a month in advance then, you know, you know what kind of person you are and probably you should find a spot in your calendar that you will, you know, every day at 7 a.m. or whatever, you're going to do this thing. You're going to write about it. If you if you aren't naturally that way or you're not sure, don't you don't necessarily force yourself into that. You might find that because for me, if I did that, I would be disappointing myself constantly because mm. I'd be like, oh, I slept late or uh, I got busy with something. I missed my appointment. I missed my, appo- I missed my own appointment to myself. Mm-hmm. So that would, be, that would be one of those friction things where I'd be like, oh, this is creating a negative vibe in my life. So how about I just do it when I do it? And for me, that since I have the habit, I can kind of get away with it, uh, I, I suppose. Anyway, I, I just wanted to like, if anybody's thinking about trying this, it's probably going to be super personal to to you and your schedule and your routine and your topic and your desired audience. Um, but man, I got to say, give it a try because it is super, super powerful. I think we should stop there. Mm, yeah, we've been, this has been fun. <laughs> this is a long <laughs> one. Uh, cool. All right, folks. Well, thanks very much for joining us. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next week for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.